1: Oh, happy holidays, everybody. Hope you had a Merry Christmas yesterday. We will get to a season that feels like the wealth will be spread. We'll de- we'll uh, explain that momentarily. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Man, Fitz, you look at the current Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks in the NFL right now. We've got five guys. That's it. And two of them, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. We know Rodgers isn't going to be in the playoffs. Doesn't look like Russell Wilson's going to be there either. So that leaves three. We've got Mahomes, we've got Matthew Stafford, and we've got Browns quarterback Joe Flacco. So if you don't see the Chiefs Nor the Rams, nor the Browns winning it all. We're going to have a brand-new Super Bowl-winning quarterback this season. It does feel like a spread-the-wealth type season, does it not?
5: It does, and that's going to be huge to the next chapter of the NFL. And I will take a second and stand on my soapbox. I'll I'll set it here and I'll stand on it gently because I don't like you know heights. I don't like to be too tall. But I will say here quickly, I feel like there's a an issue greater in the world of sports about sometimes the way we talk about teams and championships. If somebody hasn't won a championship, then everything is for naught, and their career means nothing. That's what we constantly do. Like we've we've set up a world where you can be the best player in the world, but if you aren't winning your Respective sports championship, we devalue your greatness to where it means nothing. So it, it has become more important than ever that somebody step up and become that whatever AB. If you've got uh, Patrick Mahomes here, you need to have the the other person. It was Manning and Brady in eras of dominance. It was Eli Manning getting multiple. Like we just we live in this world we where we crave championships as part of the conversation. So if you're Jalen Hurts, if you're Josh Allen, your quarterbacks, if you're Justin Herbert, at some point in your career. Your quarterbacks that have been paid and now are renowned and you're expected to, in that process, deliver Super Bowls. So this becomes an important year if somebody other than the three you just mentioned is going to win it. It also makes that next step of legacy and conversation of importance change drastically.
1: Now, here's the question, Fitz.
5: If If
1: you're thinking about the best case scenario for the NFL, a quarterback that has not won a Super Bowl previously, that would win one this season right what would be the best case scenario for the NFL now a couple of names come to my mind first of all you think Lamar Jackson he's won an MVP before he might win an MVP again this season two time MVP goes on to win a Super Bowl you're thinking about the seasons to come and promoting the matchups and it's Super Bowl winning quarterback Lamar Jackson takes on blah 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 that's obviously great for the NFL How about another guy, Dak Prescott, right? America's team, they finally win a championship, he wins a ring. Think about all the Cowboy games that will be promoted while Dak is still the quarterback on the heels of them finally winning a Super Bowl for the first time since the mid-90s. Which do you think is a better scenario for the NFL, Lamar winning his first or Dak winning his first?
5: Dak. Dak. And let's just be brutally honest for a second. Like we all know that the TV the TV shows on every sports network when they have nothing to talk about, they'll sit in a production meeting and say, uh, "What do we got on the Cowboys?" Today? <laughs> because right. everybody talks about the Cowboys. Like Stephen A. Smith has become a very rich man simply being the anti-Cowboys guy, right? Like that's yeah. part of his of, of his shtick at this point. And so, for if you're the NFL, here's the great thing about a Super Bowl win for the Cowboys and Dak. The great thing is that people will care. Whether it's care because they hate or care because they love, they'll care. There just aren't enough people out there that I think are sitting here anti-Ravens. Now, the Lamar crowd... Boy, that becomes an interesting for all the people that have been sitting here saying you can't pay Lamar. If Lamar wins a second MVP and the Super Bowl this year, there is a heated I told you so from somebody that's going to come out on the Lamar conversation. So I think it's good. But the Cowboys, a Super Bowl for Dak, that's a chef's kiss for the script writers.
1: Man, and think about that, too, because you could argue it slightly differently where The Cowboys, whether they win a Super Bowl this season or not, they're still going to be incredibly relevant. Probably the most relevant team in the NFL. That's just how it is. That's how big of a story they are. So if you're the NFL, you might think, well, the Cowboys are already going to be a huge story. But what if this Lamar Jackson and this Ravens thing takes off even more? So that might be even better for the NFL. You can't go wrong with either. I'll, I'll put it that way, with Lamar or Dak winning their first ring.
5: No, I love this point and you know uh, everybody knows I'm a big 80s wrestling fan. Like like I grew up on 80s wrestling and you always needed like somebody to put somebody else over, right? Like you need somebody yeah. really popular to lose to somebody to help somebody else get popular. That feels like what we're doing here. Like at this point it's the Cowboys putting the Ravens over, but I would argue that if we're going to talk about a team to put over and make them suddenly wildly popular to the league, would the Bills not also be a great story? Because then you have Josh Allen, you have Buffalo, who's getting a new stadium. The Bills finally get the monkey off their back of having never won the Super Bowl and lost all of these different Super Bowls. Uh, Bills mafia is going to get all of the shine. People are going to be jumping through tables in Vegas at the Super Bowl. like. And then next year, it's Super Bowl winner Josh Allen versus Super Bowl winner Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think the Bills might sneakily be on this list of best results for the league as long as they can beat the Cowboys to win it.
1: I think of the Bills like Major League Baseball, okay? I think it's very regionalized. I think that Bills Mafia, they're like heavy metal fans. If you go to a heavy metal (laughs) concert, you're like, this has to be the most popular genre ever created. It's not, right? It's just their fans are freaking rabid. It's like Buffalo's never going to be polarizing to the point where it's even – remotely close to the Cowboys you know I just think their fans care like crazy they're like a mini NHL team you know what I mean I like the NHL as a a collective that's how it is with the Bills where the people who are invested they are freaking diehards I give them all the credit in the world but the the people that aren't Bills fans it's just a shoulder shrug if you're never going to care to the point that you do with the Cowboys Uh, So, no, I don't think that they would become like this spruced up, huge it team in the NFL where they're driving conversation after conversation. I don't see that.
5: But do you see that – so I'm, I'm with you versus the Cowboys. But do you see that as opposed to the Ravens? Because I feel like Baltimore's also kind of like – I mean, how many people, if you just walk into a sports bar on any given Sunday and you say, huzzah, where are my – like, where are my Bills fans at? You're going to have somebody in the background that's screaming. If you're walking into that same <laughs> sports bar and you're like, you know, flock, whatever they are, uh, you know, Ravens right. nation, like you're going to start screaming. You're going to have like a golf clap every third bar you walk into. <laughs> (laughs) Like The Ravens just nationally, people aren't like, nobody's out here one way or the other. Nobody's loving or hating the Ravens. It's just loving or hating Lamar. I'm
1: with you on that. It's not a Ravens thing. It's a Lamar thing. And every Lamar fan will never let it go that he was shortchanged coming out of the draft. It will never happen. It's a, a Purdy type thing. I think Purdy fans and Lamar fans... It's the Spider-Man meme, and they're pointing at each other because neither one will let it go that Lamar was the last pick of the first round, and some talent evaluators were saying he should be a wide receiver, and no one will let it go that Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. And sometimes he's shortchanged on props. Those fans are they come after your freaking jugular if you say anything slightly critical about either guy, but I, I think both of those fan bases are the same. But you're right. It's more of a Lamar thing, it's less of a Ravens thing. You brought up something before the show we should hit on where if you circle back to the off season, think about the season Lamar has had and how little interest there was for him on the trade market. Remember, he said, get me out of here. He requested a trade from Baltimore. And it's not like this was the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, right? And you had team after team after team trying to outbid each other. That's not the way it went for Lamar. And you fast forward to the here and now, I wonder how many teams are like, yeah, we kind of screwed that up.
5: And there's... There are layers to this because, you know, it was Rich Eisen yesterday that that pointed out, uh, he tweeted, seeing a lot of teams passed on Lamar this past spring takes. And he said, want to remind you, he was never a free agent. You would have to give the Ravens two number one picks to sign him if the Ravens didn't match the offer. And two, the Ravens were never going to let him go. That is all. It's not all, and Adam Schefter pointed it out later when he responded because he points out the Ravens were never approached by anyone. And we have to remember, Carolina traded multiple first-round uh, first yeah. picks for Bryce Young. Uh, we, we've sat here for months and said, well, nobody was ever going to match it. They weren't going to do it. I think we have to be honest here. The league obviously just didn't want this to happen. It makes no sense to me. If you're Atlanta, you want to tell me that now you're going to have to trade up anyway in the draft to try and get yourself into a quarterback situation. Situation. Could have had Lamar. How much different would we look at the Falcons right now if they had Lamar? How many teams right now have bad quarterback situations? And, and you're telling me that it wouldn't be worth two first-round picks to get up there and get him? I, I think we have to acknowledge right now that the way Lamar's playing, a ton of teams missed by by essentially falling lock in place and not uh, not stepping out against the league and trying to make an offer that, uh, that, that the Ravens couldn't match.
1: It's really interesting to me because – if you look at Lamar, and we're being fully honest here, he gave more than enough reason to balk at the idea of trading for him, trading a couple of picks. And it's a great point by you, where the Carolina went all in on Bryce Young and no team went all in on Lamar Jackson. But if you look at Lamar, we're, we're caught in the here and now, and he's having an MVP-like season. But heading into this season... When the Ravens are trying to come to an agreement contractually and what should we do? Eh, eh, eh. Like Lamar, the previous two seasons leading to this year, his numbers were like Ryan Tannehill. Lamar had 33 touchdown passes and 20 picks over the previous two seasons. Tannehill had 34 and 20. Like, he, he was in Ryan Tannehill territory. His numbers were down. His injuries were up. He missed five games in each of the past two seasons. He missed the postseason game last year, right? And so now it seems like, how could these teams miss a, the an opportunity to trade for Lamar Jackson? It's like, at that time, to pay him that much money and to trade first rounders on top of it. It did feel too rich at the time, and the here and now has proven, well, maybe you missed a golden opportunity. But I think it's important to, to think about where things were when you would have had to make that move compared to where they played out and where they are right now.
5: I, I, you're right, but I also think we have to acknowledge that the Ravens went in and fired their offensive coordinator because even they admitted coaching was part of the problem. I want, I want organizations in the league to be able to look at the tape and figure out, okay, this guy's great. How do we make continue to make him great? That's something Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator for the Ravens, is doing a much better job of. This offense is much smarter now than it was a year ago. I think you're right. The injury concerns, these are all part of, you know, the, the these are all parts of the conversations we have to have about every quarterback. But man, it's hard not to look at somebody that is the front runner for the MVP right now and wonder if teams that are on the outside looking in shouldn't have been more aggressive and at least tried, like not to even, for no one to even make an offer, nobody in the league needed Lamar. I just, I, I have a hard time with that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. By the way, I mentioned a Christmas miracle. How about this Fitz? How big of a, a sports gambler are you? Uh, I, I, Oh, I dabble. I dabble. You dabble. Okay. Man. All right. You dip your beak in the waters of, yeah. uh, of gambling. That's, that's good. How about this? Um, 14 leg parlay. This guy, he had 14 different NFL players scoring a touchdown in week 16 and his odds were nearly 10 million to 1 okay <laughs> he came up with this 14 leg parlay a $5 bet would win just over $489,000 nearly half a million dollars off a $5 bet and going in he had he was 12 for 12 To start off the NFL week, he needed DeAndre Swift, the Eagles running back, and Christian McCaffrey from the 49ers to score touchdowns. DeAndre Swift scored a touchdown right away against the Giants. We review it, Fitz. He was down, right? Little elbow, little wrist, whatever it was. They're like, no touchdown. He goes on and scores in the fourth quarter. So this guy just needs Christian McCaffrey. He gets it done before halftime. This guy wins almost a half million dollars on a $5 bet. How
5: about that? I'm just stunned. He never took the the cash out. Like, at some point, I would have become a coward and just taken the money that they were offering me.
1: Yeah, right? I wonder what it would have been because it would have to be before the Eagles game. Maybe you get cold feet and think, man, maybe DeAndre Swift doesn't get in there. I doubt... What would you have done if you're... On the goal line, right? You're at the one-yard line. You just need Christian McCaffrey in the nightcap. Would you have let that ride or cashed out for who knows what, $300,000 or whatever he would have been offered at the time? I would have cashed out
5: like a coward. <laughs> yeah, immediately been like, yep, taking my
1: money. Man, some of these names too, fits. He had Chris Rodriguez Jr. of the Commanders scoring. He had... Gabe Davis of the Bills scoring against the uh, the Chargers right there, uh, so props to him, man. What about? I wonder how long until he thought if I had bet like fifty dollars. You no, know, I think that's just a, fight, never, right.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Every dollar on that bet makes a big difference at that odd. Oh,
1: man, big time, no doubt, no doubt. But props to him. That's a that's a cash of a lifetime right there. Hey, coming up next on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, live from the TireRack.com studios, we get to a couple of teams. We're going to be glass half full. If some of their fans are freaking out, we're going to talk you down from the ledge, huh? We're going to be very positive here and realistic about those teams' chances come playoff time. That's on the way. I'm Brian No. He's Jason Fitz.
2: Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me for the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers.
2: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do it yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at oreillyauto.com/2pros that's oreillyauto.com/2pros
4: this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
1: I'm Brian. No, he's Jason Fitz here on Fox Sports Radio. We're in for two pros and a cup of Joe. Did you know? Discover wants to wants everyone to feel special. That's why with Discover Card, you have access to 24 seven customer service as well as zero dollar fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover dot com slash credit card limitations apply. Okay, so it's. You know, the day after Christmas fits. It's the holiday season. We're fe- feeling joyful, feeling festive, cheerful, if you will, right? How about we talk some fan bases down from the ledge, you know? We got three teams right here. Didn't have great results either this weekend, yesterday, or recently. And we're going to look at them glass half full as the playoffs approach, Okay. So, if you're looking at the Chiefs, it was a disaster yesterday against your Raiders. They give up two defensive scores. They lose to a quarterback who threw for 62 yards, right? They've lost three of four games. What would you point to and build an argument if a fan is like, oh my gosh, what's happening? We're nine and six. This isn't supposed to be. What would you realistically point to and say, hey, it's okay? they still might get it done in the long run. What would you say as far as that goes?
5: I mean, I think this all comes down to the belief in Mahomes and the belief in this team's ability to keep it close, which has happened in virtually every game of the season. Look at their losses. We talked earlier about some of the quality or the yeah, but on the losses of saying, hey, missing key people, Mahomes had the flu, whatever it might be. But, you know, they have a loss to the Lions by one point, a loss to the Eagles in a game they could have won by four points, a loss to the Bills in a game they could have won by three points, a loss to the Raiders in a game where their offense was completely out of sync and they turned the ball over twice. I mean, you can look at it as a Chiefs fan and say, man, two turnovers gave that game. Uh, You could justify it by saying the Raiders got lucky, you know, with my fandom. I don't believe that. But you've got some level here if you're the Chiefs of saying, hey, we've been in every one of these games. And if you're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter in the playoffs – Who would you rather have in the world than Patrick Holmes? The answer is nobody. So, you know, I I understand that it feels like the sky's falling, but also when you look at the, the who and the why of all of these losses, Chiefs fans can't feel like they're totally out of it.
1: Yeah, right, and I love their defense. They've played real defense throughout the year, and who else do you love, love in the AFC, you know? So as bad as it's looked and as bad as it was yesterday, we can't sit here and act like they've got no shot. Uh, Because they certainly do. How about the Eagles? The Eagles won yesterday. It wasn't pretty against the Giants. They had lost three straight heading into yesterday. And you blink and you're like, holy cow, it's a two-point game against the Giants? What's happening here after the pick six by Jalen Hurts? How would you talk down an Eagles fan that's
5: losing his mind right now? What would you realistically point to? I would point to the juggernaut they just survived. And I know that they lost three straight games, but look at that Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. That in a row yeah. is just brutal. When you start looking at the number of tough games they had to play in close proximity and time, they come in against the Giants who were giving everything they can in that game. Felt like the Eagles took their foot off the gas a little bit. I know Philadelphia has not looked as good as fans expected this year, but I'm just looking at it saying, man, let's go back to the dominant team we saw through the course of the first two-thirds of the season, and then let's look at a little context for some of these losses. I I don't think this guy's falling. Also, you have one of the few quarterbacks in the NFC that has any real experience to bank on in this process, too. Like, we know Jalen Hurts has been there, done that with the playoff run. Yeah, right. And you got the
1: tush-push in your back pocket. Not bad, right? I just worry about their defense. I know we're supposed to be positive over here. I worry about their defense. where The pass defense is just not very good. They're, they're like, you know, bottom two in the NFL. Uh, that second to worst is not a great recipe for su- success come playoff time. But playmakers offensively, like you mentioned, Jalen Hurts got the tush push. They, they were in the Super Bowl last season. So, um, yeah, they got a lot of firepower. And you and the, saw and the, 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 the top Niners overall yesterday. seed
5: is still there. The yeah. top overall seed, like, they could be at home. As as much as we're talking about Philly being broken, they could end up with a first-round bye, and they could end up with a home-field advantage. My God. They
1: could, and I know that the Niners put it on them earlier this season, but you saw it last night. The Niners are not bulletproof by any stretch, and you go back to playoff experience. You saw Jalen Hurts do his thing and play great against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You've seen Brock Purdy play basically one playoff game against the Seahawks. Last season, and he got hurt right away against the Eagles. He doesn't have much experience, and threw four interceptions last night. So the the Niners are not bulletproof. That's got to make you feel better if you're backing Philly. Also, what's the argument for the Cowboys? They're what now, three and five on the road, completely different on the road. They've beaten one good team, which is the Eagles. They lose to the Dolphins on Sunday. What's the argument in favor of the Cowboys come playoff time? Oh man,
5: this one's tough because I think that that Dolphins loss, man, that's stung. That and, and now you gotta go in and you take on the Lions at home. I, I, and to your point, they're not going to get into a situation where they're playing at home throughout the course of the playoffs. So uh, I don't have a great, uh, a great man. look. Ceedee Lamb is one of the best in the league. We know that this offense has been mostly very dynamic, and I think Dak has played at a very high level for a lot of the season. When you have a hot quarterback and you have a hot receiver in the in the modern league, you can win some some games. You still have a, a pass rush that should be able to be disruptive. The defense should be good enough. I, I I don't have as poly positive a message for the Cowboys as I would like to have, though.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, I guess one of the things, and it's not the greatest argument, but they've been really close in a couple of these road losses against good teams. The game against the Dolphins on Sunday easily could have gone their way. It didn't. The game against the Eagles on the road, remember that? Mm-hmm. Dak played sensational. And they're what inside the 10 at the very end of the game and then a penalty pushed him back and Dak the two point conversion his foot was out of bounds like that was as close as you can get to a coin flip game it just didn't go their way so it's not like they've gotten worked consistently on the road they've lost a couple of tight games against good teams so I know that's not the thing that's going to make you sleep easily at night, but maybe sleep a little bit better. They haven't gotten worked on the road. They've been in these games against tough teams. Uh, The Niners would be the exception. They got crushed
5: by the Niners. I just think at this point, you're the Cowboys. You need some sort of a miracle to find your way to home field. At at least a game there, that's not going to happen for them. So I I have very little hope for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got uh, a
1: ton of hope for Eddie Garcia. Right? Because he never lets us down. And he's with us here, spreading holiday cheer. What's going on, Mr. Garcia?
6: Well, let's get you caught up on the Christmas Day triple header in the NFL, wrapping up Week 16 and the big battle out in the Bay Area. Battle of the top two teams in each conference, and the Ravens rolled over the Forty Nine ers, 33 to 19. They forced San Francisco quarterback Brock Purdy into a career high four interceptions. Meanwhile, Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson had a couple of touchdowns in this one. Baltimore 12 and three, best record in the NFL. They're six and one against current playoff teams. San Francisco falls to 11 and four. Raiders do not score an offensive touchdown, and they still beat the Chiefs in Kansas City 20-14 thanks to two big defensive touchdowns in a span of seven seconds. One, a fumble return for a score. The other, an interception return for a score. Vegas snaps a six-game losing skid to Kansas City as the Chiefs fall to 9-6 and six in the three-seed in the AFC playoffs. Eagles over the Giants 33-25. to Philadelphia snapping their three-game losing skid. Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, a couple of touchdowns, one passing, one rushing. For the Giants, quarterback Tommy DeVito got benched in this one. Veteran Tyrod Taylor came off the bench, helped the Giants to rally, but fall short. Philadelphia 11-4, tied with San Francisco and Detroit for the best record in the NFC. Right now, it's the 49ers holding the tiebreaker and have the one spot. Philadelphia the two-seed, and Detroit would be the three-seed as it stands right now. In NBA action, we had five games on Christmas Day. Celtics beat the Lakers in LA 126-115. Boston the league best 23-6. Knicks over the Bucks 129-122. Jalen Brunson, 38 points for New York as they snap Milwaukee's seven-game winning streak. Heat over the 76ers, one 119 to 113. Mavericks get 50 points and 15 assists from Luka Doncic. Beat the Suns in Phoenix 128 114, and the Nuggets down the Warriors 122 114. Now back to Brian, Noah, Jason, Fitz in the Tire Rack.com Fox Sports Radio Studios.
1: Thanks, Eddie. Uh, progressive is making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I was thinking about this, Fitz. It's funny, man. The Christmas Day games and the NFL just coming in and saying, yeah, we're going to have a triple header for a second straight year, and their ratings are just dwarfing the NBA. The NBA, to me, it would be, I'll put it in radio terms. It would like... It's like being a local radio star, right? Some of these local radio stars are big deals in their market, huge. And, like, you're the drive time guy, whatever, everybody knows you, and your station hires Colin Cowherd. You know what I mean? Like, that. (laughs) the NBA is the local radio star. They're a huge deal, and the NFL is Cowherd that just got hired and completely upstages the local star. Isn't that what we had yesterday in the last two years on Christmas Day?
5: Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, yes, a thousand percent. I love your analogy. It also makes me think of, you know, you're opening a, a tour. You've worked all year on in the music business, and you think you're, you're great, and then, like, Dave Grohl comes out and plays the drums right. instead, and you're like, I'm done. All right, yeah. uh, you're, you're, uh, it, this is upstaging, but this is also the NFL realizing, and this is what I think is, is particularly interesting. The NFL has realized in the last few years that not only do they not have to play in the, the sandbox nice with everybody else, they don't even have to pretend to. They used to protect certain days for college football. Like, we used to see that New Year's Day. You'd never see a game on New Year's Day because that was a big bowl game day. They don't care anymore. They put games on whenever the hell they want to, however the hell they want to, because everybody watches them. Think about, like, as much as people were making fun of uh, the Christmas Eve game and, and how terrible it was, Game ended up pretty good, ended up getting a lot of conversation. They bury Thursday night football on Amazon. People are still going to find it. They can force you to sign up for Peacock or or pay DSPN, and people will still do it because we're not going to miss bad games. Like It doesn't even matter if the game's good. We will flock to a bad NFL game. You know what, Fitz?
1: It's crazy. I just had a flashback while you were saying that. There was a, a sports bar in the South Bend, Indiana area. That's where I'm from. And I actually interviewed for a job. This is a long time ago. And I sat down with the manager. And it was really cool. So they had this tabletop, and it was basically laminated, right? And they had a bunch of covers and sports memorabilia, like magazine covers and all kinds of stuff. So that was the table. Like, there was this layer on top of all of these magazines and memorabilia and you would eat on top of that but i wasn't eating so i'm looking at all this stuff and there was a sports illustrated cover i don't remember the year it's probably around 93 i want to say but a little blurb it said can the nfl be saved and that just stuck with me, where I'm like, wow. Think about where the NFL is right now and everything you just explained. It was on. It was a Peacock-only exclusive game on Sunday night with the Chargers, who your Raiders scored 63 on the week before, right? And people are going out of their way to watch that. And in the 90s on Sports Illustrated, the title was, Can the NFL Be Saved? And just look at the ratings machine that it is right now. It seems like it was destined to be that way.
5: It wasn't. Not that long ago, a for sure thing, it would end up where it has. I, I can't imagine how many businesses are studying it, trying to figure out where the turning point was, and you know I'm old enough to remember that you know back back uh, w- you know for kids that don't realize that Sunday ticket hasn't always existed, as I've commented before, you used to have to wait for the ten minute ticker, but I also remember when games actually were taken off of one network to another network. It was such a big deal when Fox got the NFL because nobody thought Fox was going to be a dominant network, like you can't tell the story of the history of television networks without integrating the NFL because it changed the overall popularity of TV shows. It changed the popularity, viability of networks, all from having your product there. And, I mean, the NBA, the NHL, like Major League Baseball, they would kill to have any any level of that same dominance. And the NFL, the difference is now the NFL knows it. And now that they know it and they know that everybody has to play nice with them, they are going to make sure that they get whatever they want every single time.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because there are a lot of little things or or bigger things that combined make a big difference. Think about fantasy football has made a huge difference. Gambling, obviously, has has made a big difference. But, man, I go back to that cover around 93. That was right around the time where we're talking free agency and a hard salary cap. Those are two huge things for the NFL where we always talk about parity, In the NFL, and how teams get squished toward the middle. But think about this season. It's really interesting. Who's going to win it all? There's not a team that's just towering above everybody else. There are a lot of teams that are in the mix that have a chance. And you go back to those dominant Steeler teams and before free agency, and think about if that was what the NFL was like right now. You didn't have parity. You had a couple of the halves. Think about the Cowboys and Niners in the mid-90s, and it was like, wake me up when it's the NFC Championship game. That's not nearly as compelling as it is right now. And I think that some other leagues, we talk about baseball and what's going on with that. You've got Otani with deferred payments 10 years from now. You know what I mean? And they can go out and sign Yamamoto. And I just think it makes way more sense to have the NFL's model where you have a hard salary cap, you have free agency, but... The parody is what drives the popularity of the NFL to a
5: great degree. It's not even just parody because your point is such a valid one. The other side of it is it's mediocrity. But it's dramatic. Like, we are at this point, at the point now where we would rather the NFL be a Fast and Furious movie. Like, look, it's not going to win any awards. It's not going to be great. You know, things are going to blow up. You know, it's going to be interesting. And at the end, the good guy or the bad guy is going to win. Like, that's what we want. Like, I would argue that most Sundays when we're sitting here watching TV right now, we are not seeing great football games. We're not seeing great football teams. We're not seeing great quarterback play. We're seeing very little that's even good. We're having these trust conversations, not because there are a dozen teams that are good in the nfl but because there might only be one or two teams that are any good and the rest are all packed together in this level of meh but we love the meh because it's dramatic and it's fun to watch the nfl has figured out you don't need a good product you need an interesting product they're very different things so the mediocrity that we all flock to is actually interesting to me because there is no there it's it's not about greatness it's just about having a dramatic finish.
1: Yeah, it is wild. They've been able to thrive to this degree because you think about cutting costs and being a cord cutter, and right like the the dwindling ratings numbers across many different leagues and sports, and the NFL has just gotten stronger. It, it really is crazy how it's gotten more and more and more popular when a lot of stuff around it gets less and less popular. It's Hats off to them, man. But this whole conversation, Adam Silver is like, I get it. Goodness. Get to something else, right? I just just picture the NBA commissioner or
5: MLB commissioner like, yeah, we get it. It's it's Adam Silver sitting there saying, hey, we're really popular in other countries, too. Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) Just not our own country on Christmas Day, you know? Goodness. All right, coming up next on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, live from the TireRack.com studios, in my mind, this was the quote of the entire weekend of the sports world. We'll get to that. I'm Brian Noh. He's Jason Fitz. This is Fox Sports Radio.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit them at o'reillyauto.com/two-pros. That's o'reillyauto.com/two-pros.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
1: Here on Fox Sports Radio, we're in for two pros and a cup of Joe. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I've got a couple of Christmas stories for you in a couple of minutes here, Fitz, before we get on out of here. But... um The quote of the weekend, in my mind, it was from Trevor Lawrence, Jags quarterback. They've lost four straight, and he said, It doesn't even look like we practice. (laughs) (laughs) What's his description of Jags football here lately. It has completely fallen off for them.
5: I am stunned by the uh, honesty in that statement, and... Also, I think we have to acknowledge when we talk about, we just did so much positivity. When you talk about one of the more disappointing stories of the entire NFL this year, I I believe it's the Jags. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to ascend into that same category as a Mahomes and a Josh Allen. And in that process, the Jags were supposed to also ascend into our, you know, top shelf, to use the earlier analogy we used, category uh, as a team. None of that has happened this year. And it feels like the wheels have fallen off. Now they're still a playoff team, but is anyone scared of them right now? I I think that the Jags are one of the more confusing teams in the NFL, and they need to figure it out quickly because they're wasting the early years of Trevor Lawrence. Man,
1: they have quickly fallen into the Schlitz category over the last four games, man. They have been rough. That game against Tampa was a beatdown. They weren't even
5: close in that one. And how does that happen when there's so much to play for? I think that's the other part of it. I excuse uneven effort from teams late in the season because I know they're all professionals. I get that. But different things to play for as you get later into the year. I understand sometimes it's hard to get motivated. If you are the Jags and you're going in to take on the Buccaneers, both teams have – Everything to play for. And if you're the Jags, you're in such a tight, unexpectedly tight division run here. You better keep your foot on the gas. I, I, to come out that flat and that unprepared in a game that means so much for their standings, uh, that's pretty inexcusable coaching. Uh, execution is on the players, but coach motivation is in part on the coaches. That's pretty inexcusable.
1: No doubt. That's a great point. How about from the Jags' lack of execution to the Ravens' execution last night? Much better for Baltimore as they beat the Niners. This was the Ravens' head coach, John Harbaugh, talking about Lamar's MVP performance.
4: We
0: good? I thought Lamar had an
4: MVP performance tonight. Uh, he, uh, it takes a team to, uh, to create a performance like that, but it takes a player to play at that level, to, to, to play at an MVP level it takes a player to play that way. And Lamar was all over the field doing everything. Just a complete
0: game by Lamar.
1: Uh, yeah, listen, two things I was thinking about this, Fitz. The two things I love about Lamar, he's always been more about the team than himself. He's not like give me my shine, give me the headlines, give me the the limelight. He's always been about the team. He'll be interviewed like, "Hey, what do you think this does for your MVP chances?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm not really caring about that. It's about the team." I really respect that about him. And the other thing, I really appreciate he hasn't thrown it in our faces, you know? He was doubted about whether he was even going to be a quarterback in the NFL, and he's been an MVP, might be a two-time MVP. Think of a guy like Baker Mayfield where he was doubted as a number one overall pick. If Baker Mayfield had Lamar Jackson-like success, he would have absolutely rubbed our noses in it time and time and time again. And Lamar has never done that. I appreciate that about him.
5: I think it's – I've never thought about it, but you're right, and it's hysterical to me because I keep thinking about Kirk Cousins has made money on you know his his, uh, screaming when people doubt him. So I think it's funny that that's not part of Lamar's sort of DNA. I also think that the MVP moment is pretty real. I said on one of my shows on Yahoo uh, on Sunday that Sunday might be the last day to get him at any sort of a good rate if you're Mm -hmm. a gambling person and you're betting MVP odds. This felt like a Heisman moment. Lamar's having a Heisman moment, and – had it in that game in a season where there isn't a clear-cut front runner, There is now. It's probably going to be Lamar, and rightfully so. The number one seed in the AFC, and the quarterback that is playing consistently dominant is Lamar. Maybe we should start paying more attention to it. I like it. Okay, a
1: couple of Christmas stories here real fast. You mentioned you don't like heights, fits. So my nephews had this VR game I tried out yesterday. You take an elevator to the top floor of like a skyscraper, and you're just supposed to walk off the ledge. It oh, was no, the no. freakiest thing. And it's nope. completely fake. But your mind is like, what? My hands are sweating. It
5: was crazy, Fitz. Seriously, yeah, nope. wild stuff. The answer, look, I love roller coasters because I genuinely think I'm going to die on the roller coaster. (laughs) Between my love of movies like Final Destination and my Fear of Heights, I'm always convinced that this is the moment I'm going to die. And even I'm going to turn around and say squarely no to that. that, that, That's a no for me, dog. Like, I'm not helping Santa in the sleigh no matter how much uh, he offers me. No hot cocoa will get me up in that thing.
1: What do you think of this Christmas meal? Okay, fondue. We do it a little bit differently. You got the pot, you, you boil it, and you put in the individual chunks of steak. Then we dip it in melted Velveeta cheese. That's delightful. Succulent, fits. That's delicious. It was top shelf, man. Great hanging with you. Happy holidays, everybody.
3: Oh, 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 right.